We're so glad that you tuned into our Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. I'm Jacob Thomas, and I'm on the discipleship team here at Rolling Hills. As we've continued in our Engage series, we've been exploring the foundations of the church. In today's message, we'll be in Romans 12 and discovering what true and proper worship really means according to God and His Word. Now, here's Pastor Jeff. Good morning, church family. What a great morning already, just to be in worship, to celebrate the goodness and the grace of our God, and to celebrate baptism together. I'm so grateful and so thankful. And as I mentioned earlier, you know, we're talking about engaging, right, and engaging in our spiritual journey, and not just sitting back, right? In these 40 days, we've seen people engage. I mean, we've seen so many people being baptized, or people joining the church, or people serving in ministry. Welcome to so many of our new core team members who are stepping up, people sponsoring orphans, people helping out in local ministry, whether it's Path Project or 413, just making a difference as the church engages, lives are changed. And so today we're talking about worship, right? We're talking about worship, and really what is worship? And anytime you hear that word worship, most of the time we think about songs, right? We think about music. We think that's worship, it's, it's music. Uh, but we live here in Music City, USA, and I don't know if you've been to downtown Nashville lately or you've walked up and down Broadway or you've walked up and down Second. You know, you kind of go, wait a minute, I don't know if all this is worship down here, right? I think it's gotta be more than songs. It, it's more than just music. It's more than just four or five songs that we do on a Sunday morning. And, and while that's great and that's awesome, that's powerful, worship is so much more. So, so what is worship? And that's what we're gonna be talking about today is how do we develop this heart of worship? And so if you have a worship guide, I'd love for you to fill in some blanks and kind of write some things down if you wanna take some notes with us today because we're gonna be on this journey and we're gonna be talking about what is worship. And my favorite definition of worship is this. Worship is our response. So that first blank is response. Worship is our response. Our response to God for, for who he is and for what he's done in our lives. And so when we respond back to God, we are worshiping, right? Worship is our response. And you think about that, man, for who God is, and God's grace, and God's sovereignty. Uh, sometimes we can worship just by being outside. And uh, some of you guys, man, you love to be outside, and you're like, man, I feel so close to God when I'm out in nature. And if I could go for a hike, right, if I can go for a run, if I could be out camping and I just look up at the stars, I can respond back to God. I mean, it's just like, wow, God, you are worthy of worship. Look at this. When we worship, right, our response back to God for who he is, but also for what he's doing in our lives. And there's times in our lives we just go, God, thank you. I don't deserve all of this, right? You just have those moments when maybe you're, praying over your kids at night, or, or maybe you get this job opportunity that you never had, or, or maybe something happens and you get a 
check in the mail and you're just like, God, thank you. Worship is simply our response. See, here's the thing. God created us to worship. That's the second blank, right? If you're taking notes, I'll just kind of help you along here. God created us to worship. That's what we were created to do. It's inside of us. There's always gonna be this response. You know, we don't just kind of go stoically along through life. There's times when our emotions rile up inside of us. There's times when we change in how we respond to something. And, and we were created to worship. There was a time when Jesus was going along and, and he was coming in Luke chapter 19. You can go back and read it later on. But he's coming along and, and, and people are starting to recognize he's the Messiah, right? He's the Messiah. But the Pharisees, the religious leaders were like, uh-uh, uh-uh, we don't believe it, right? And so all these people start to worship Jesus. And the Pharisees and the religious leaders are like, that's blasphemy, you should only worship God. What are you doing to these people? And Jesus says this incredible statement. Jesus says to them, he goes, hey, listen, if they don't worship, the rocks will cry out. The rocks will cry out. I wanna tell you today, no rocks cried out in my place, right? I wanna tell you today, no rocks cried out in my place or your place. We're gonna say, no, we were created to worship and we wanna bring glory to our God and we wanna celebrate God for who he is and for what he's doing in our life. That's what we're called to do and be. If you have a Bible, I'd love for you to look with me at the book of Romans. Romans chapter 12, Romans chapter 12. If you're online, you go to the Rolling Hills app and you can pull up Romans there, New Testament and it's right there in Romans chapter 12. Uh, but I love this, here's what it says. It says, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, and I, I urge you, this is Apostle Paul talking about this, I urge you, and he has just come out of Romans 1 through 11, which is this great, beautiful theology and doctrine, and he comes to this point and he says, guys, I urge you, in view of God's mercy, and when you think about your own life, the mercy of God, the grace of God, and what God's done in your life, the gift of salvation, the gift of hope, the gift of peace, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. <laughs> this is your true and proper worship. It's not just four or five songs. Those songs are great. Those songs are important. Those songs are powerful, and we need those songs in our lives. But, but our life becomes a living testimony of the God that we serve. Our life becomes a lived in worship when we respond back to God in view of God's mercy. He says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. You see, everybody's gonna worship something, right? And most of the world is gonna worship something other than God. And that's the pattern of this world. They're gonna worship other things out there. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So the battle starts here, what we think about, what goes on in our mind. By the renewing of your mind, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. He's like, then you're gonna know, right? That you know that God's will, as you are worshiping him, as you are living in him, as you're walking in him. See, we were all created to worship something. And we will all worship something. We were created to worship God, but many times we take that and misplace that and put it onto other things. And think about it, people do it all the time, right? People worship money. People think, oh man, money's gonna be the answer to my problems, When I get in trouble, I just need more money. And when I get something in, man, that money's gonna protect me, that money's gonna satisfy me. We, we can worship that. 
Uh, yesterday, there was a lot of worship going on around the country. You know, the football stadiums were packed. And for a lot of people, that was their worship. Now I love football. I, I, I'm into it. I mean, I get excited about it. But you go, and for a lot of people, man, that is their deal. And they're like all in. Woo, yeah, they're going crazy. They're just, bad into it, right? And it's exciting. But at, at some point, you go, man, do I have that same enthusiasm for God? And people can worship their job. People can worship their family. People can worship their friends, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, man, if something happens to them, my life is over because my whole life is dependent on them. And, and you have to come back and say constantly, what am I worshiping? And here's this great definition, like if you're taking notes here, you know, I want you to think about this. What you worship is this, your mind's attention and your heart's affection. Your mind's attention and your heart's affection. When you have your mind's attention, right, what is in your mind? What do you think about the most? And, and what holds your heart? What do you love the most? You know, when you begin to think about God and you just go, God, I just wanna praise you. And maybe it's in the middle of the day, maybe things are hard or difficult, and you just go, God, I wanna praise you. And there's times in your life where you go, man, God, I just wanna pour out my love to you. I wanna pray. I wanna get on my knees. I just wanna, I wanna respond back to you. And, and worship impacts our posture. It's easy to come in sometimes on a Sunday and just not engage, right? It's easy to kind of walk in and go, yeah, I see people, it's great, you know, or I'm just kind of here, or it's easy if you're online, right? I remember when we were 13 weeks online, you know, and worship's happening, and I'm kind of, my mind's everywhere, and I'm watching all the things that are happening around in my house, and thinking about where's the iPad, and you know, all, all this stuff that's going on, where are the kids, and what's happening with the dog, and we have to really kind of bring our minds in to say, no, I'm gonna engage in worship. My mind's attention, my heart's affection. How am I worshiping? How am I growing deeper in my love for God and my love for others? Your mind's attention, your heart's affection. So if you think about that, what do you worship? What do you worship? See, when your life is truly changed by Jesus, it's just gonna flow out of you. It's gonna flow out of you. When your life is changed by Jesus, you, you can't help but worship him. You know, I think about in the Old Testament, there was a guy, David, right? And, and David just loved God. He loved God. Even as a young man, he loved God. And he wrote many of the Psalms. They were just worship songs that they would sing at the temple. It was just flowed out of him. I think in the New Testament about Paul and Silas, <laughs> Paul's life was so radically changed by Jesus that here they are being beaten for their faith and they're in jail. They're in Philippi, Acts chapter 16. And at midnight, after being beaten for their faith, they just began to worship God, thank you for counting us worthy to suffer for your name, God. And they're singing worship songs like, hey, Silas, what was that song we sang last Sunday in church? You know, man, let's sing that song, you know? And they're singing songs and they're worshiping and all the other prisoners are like, what is going on? I mean, it's like checking these guys out, right? And God just shook that prison that night and the doors flew open and, and the jailer says, hey, I wanna know that God. His life's changed, the lives of his family has changed because these guys decided to worship there's a guy, John Newton, maybe you've heard about him. He was into the slave trade. He was a captain of a boat would take from England down to the West Indies to Northern Africa and bring back slaves. And finally, God just so wrecked his heart to say, this is wrong. And he was broken, he ended up becoming a pastor. <laughs> pastor. And there he is pastoring and his heart even grew more broken over all the things he had done in his life and, and he finally joined with William Wilberforce to try to abolish slavery throughout all of England. And later on in his life, he sat down with a guy, William 
Kuiper and, and said, hey, let's write a song. Just praise God for what he's done in our lives. And they wrote a song, Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound. I saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Isn't that the power of music? <laughs> and it's a song you don't hear all the time or you haven't heard it in a long time, and yet those words just are there. They're in your mind, they're in your heart. So God plants that seed deep inside of you. When things happen in your life, and those are the times you just run back to those words, you run back to that response to God. That's why it's so important, you know, our kids growing up in preschool and children and students and learning these songs and understanding what it means to worship, but understanding what it means to 
to respond back to God in their life. Because who knows what's gonna happen in our hearts? Who knows what's gonna happen in our lives? You know, the, God is seeking true worshipers. I mean, if you really think about it, that's what God's looking for. If you go back to the 10 Commandments, you know, you go back to Exodus chapter 20 and, and God says, you'll have no other gods before me. No other gods before me. And number two is don't have graven images. You know, don't bow down and worship something other than me. And our hearts are so prone to wonder, right? Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love and to run after the things of this world. And yet God is seeking true worshipers. There was a time when Jesus was coming through Samaria where most Jews would not even walk in Samaria and Jesus comes through and there's a woman at a well. And Jesus engages her in conversation, which, man, Jews wouldn't do this. A man went and talked to a woman in public, but yet Jesus did. And he began to talk to this woman. And, and he said, hey, would you draw me some water? And she's like, what? Why are you talking to me, right? He said, well, if you knew who was talking to you, then you would say, hey, I'll give you living water. And he goes on and tells her a little bit about herself. And then she says, I can see that you're a prophet. You know, I know down in Jerusalem, you guys worship at the temple, but here in Samaria, we worship on this mountain. Where should we worship? That was her question, right? You know this woman's been thinking about this for a long time, and I, I love Jesus' response there in John chapter four. Jesus says, hey, a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. Hey, what Jesus did right then is say, hey, you don't have to be at the temple in Jerusalem to worship. You don't have to make pilgrimage every year, right? You don't have to be there on the mountain in Samaria. You don't have to be even at church. You can worship all the time. You can live a life of worship and worship in spirit. That I connect with God because of the grace I've received through Jesus Christ. That Jesus died on a cross for my sins, for your sins, my sins. So that we can have a direct connection with the Father. And I can worship when things happen in my life. I can give him praise. I can give him glory. I can invite him into this situation. I can worship in truth and knowing that what he says is true. That's what God's heartbeat is for all of us. And I'm so grateful and so thankful to a God who meets us and invites us to worship. God wants us to worship him from the heart. He wants us to worship him from the heart. He doesn't want it just to be kind of like something that's rote. He doesn't want it to be something, okay, I'll just show up every now and then and that's what I'm gonna do. No, he wants us to worship him from the heart. I love where he says, rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Rejoice always. But sometimes things are hard. Oh yeah, rejoice. Pray continually. Not just on Sundays, but pray continually throughout the day, throughout the week. Pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances. Notice it doesn't say give thanks for all circumstances because there are some things that are hard in life. There are some things that are difficult in life. But give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. See, it's in the good times and in the struggles that we're called to worship. In the good times and even in the struggles. God calls us to worship him right then 
and right there. And when you and I start to develop that, where we engage, it changes everything. There's a guy in the Old Testament named Job. And this guy, Job, man, I mean, he was successful. He was a business guy. He was wealthy and he was godly. I mean, they say he was blameless. One of the wealthiest people around. He had lots of kids. He had camel. He had oxen. He had sheep. He had goats. He is wealthy. And Satan comes to God one day and goes, well, you know why he's He's godly. God, you've given him everything. That's why. I mean, he would not worship you if he was going through a tough time. He wouldn't do it. And God goes, really? Now I know my servant Job. He's going to worship me regardless. He loves me. Satan goes, well, watch. I mean, things are going to be taken away. Let's see how he responds. And in one day, one day, just imagine this. A servant comes running up to him and says, Job, you wouldn't believe it. Some, some bandits came and they took all of your, all your sheep. They're all gone and they killed all your servants. And another servant comes running up and goes, hey, you wouldn't believe it, but the camels, they're gone. These marauders came and they took them. They're all gone. And, and at the same time, another one runs up and goes, hey, all your goats, they're gone. Job's just like, what is going on? And another comes up and goes, it was a bad storm and it blew over the house where all your kids were and they're all dead. They're all gone. You imagine Job just standing there? His wife comes up to him and says, hey Job, why don't you just curse God and die? You know how Job responds? Job just responds, and he, this it says, Job got up, tore his robe, and shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship. What? Oh yeah. And he said this, he said, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I will depart. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. And I think in my life, you know, there's so many times that I'll just be like, God, why? And yet Job worshiped. You know, at the end of his life, God gave all this back to Job. Job was more wealthy and more successful at the end of his life than he was even at the beginning of his life. And, and yet I think what we have to understand is this, is that he's God. I didn't bring anything into this world and I'm taking nothing out of it. The only thing I'm taking out is my character, my integrity, my heart. And I pray that my heart is for the Lord. I pray that my heart doesn't get distracted by the things of this world and then I go and just give all my passion and all my energy, all my resources to the things of this world that aren't gonna last. But I go and I give everything to God. <laughs> everything to him and that whatever happens in my life I can respond in worship we have to understand our lives in light of eternity we have to start thinking about our lives in light of who God is in light of eternity eternity that there's more to the story that God is at work that maybe all things aren't good right now, but that God's making things good, that God's redeeming, that God's restoring, that God's at work in my life. There's a woman in our church, and you may have heard her story, Rosanna Williams, just an amazing woman of God. Things were going great in her life, and, and then she was diagnosed with cancer. And I'll never forget when she called me after the diagnosis and she told me about the chemo treatments, and she said, Jeff, have you heard that song, I Will Raise a Hallelujah? 
She goes, that's how I'm getting through chemo. Every time I go, I'm raising a hallelujah. Every time I go, I'm just gonna give glory to God. I don't know why, I don't understand it, but God's doing something and I'm gonna hold on to him. About two weeks ago, Rosanna finished her last chemo treatment. <laughs> this is what she posted on Instagram. <laughs> and check this out. All right. Okay, here you go. I'm officially done with chemo. Last treatment is done, and I get to ring the bell. So here we go. Is there anything I need to do beforehand? I just get to ring it. You know, I just love that. It's like I'm gonna raise a hallelujah whether I'm going through chemo or whether I'm done. I'm gonna give God praise and God glory because he deserves it. In our lives, you know, we're gonna go through some really great times and I hope you're in a great season right now. We're also gonna go through some challenges, through some struggles. And it's in those times that we just have to hold on to God and say, God, I'm gonna worship you. I'm gonna give you praise because you're enough for me. In view of your mercy, what you did for me at the cross, Jesus, in view of your mercy, I will worship. On your worship guide today, there's a post-it note. I just wanna ask you to kind of pull that off. If you're watching online, maybe just grab a piece of notebook paper or something around you. And I wanna invite you to take a pen. And I want you to think about this. This week, I will worship by. How will you worship this week? How will you give God praise this week? Maybe for you, it's gonna be a great week and you're just gonna say, I'm gonna start every morning <laughs> getting on my knees, praying. Or maybe this week, I'm gonna teach my kids some worship songs, right? I wanna, I wanna help them to know. Or maybe this week, right, I'm just gonna put this post-it note up in my car or I'm gonna put it up on my refrigerator or I'm gonna put it up on my Bible and I'm gonna say, I'm just gonna worship this week. And I don't know what this week holds, but I know who holds this week. And I'm gonna say, God, I'm gonna dedicate this week to you. I want it to be about you. So I wanna pray for us. I wanna just give you some time to, to write and to think, and then we're gonna respond back to God. We're gonna respond to him and worship. And I'm gonna invite you to engage. You know, maybe normally on Sunday, it's kind of easy to come in and go out, but this morning, would you just really put your mind's attention, your heart's affection on the Lord? Would you think about him? In view of God's mercy, what he's done in your own heart, in your own life, what he's done in your family, what he's done with your friends. And just say, God, I wanna respond to you. I wanna worship. So Father God, here we are, your people today. And God, I thank you that we're not sitting in a jail cell like Paul and Silas. And having to worship there. You've given us a beautiful place. You've put amazing people around us. You've given us a body of believers. But most of all, you've given us grace in your son, Jesus, who holds our heart and holds our lives. And so God, we wanna respond to you and worship. We wanna be grateful, we wanna rejoice always. We wanna pray continually. We wanna give thanks in all circumstances. So meet us in this moment and change us forever. Let us ring a bell of salvation. Let us say to others, we have been redeemed, we have been restored, we have been forgiven. And it's all because of Jesus. Oh God, let us worship. 
In your name we pray and we respond. Amen, amen. Let's stand together and respond back to the Lord. Thanks for listening to our Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast, part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network, where you can find great podcasts like Making History Parenting Podcast, Men's Leadership Network, RH Women's As You Go Podcast, and more. If you want to learn more about what's going on in the life of Rolling Hills, download our Rolling Hills app or visit our website at rollinghills.church. From there, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook to stay up to date on what's happening and ways you can connect. We are so thankful for you.